0: It's been it's been some time. It's been some not for the listeners, not for the, you guys, no, because we release every week like <laughs> clockwork. We will never miss a week until the end of human time, <laughs> but, um, or the revolution kicks off, whichever gets started first. Um, but, but we are we are back here. We're back in our in the pod cave. And we're back reading uh, an actual guy a yeah. work his work. We're reading yeah. uh, we, Wretched we, of the Earth, Wretched of the Earth Fanon. by Franz uh, if you have just joined us and I don't believe you have, but just in case, um <laughs> we, we sit in a, we sit in a closet and we read a book. Yeah. Um, we read varying amounts of the book, depending on how much of the book needs reading. Uh, as the podcast has progressed, that's gotten closer and closer to, we're just a hundred percent reading the book. This is not <laughs> LibriVox. You're not confused. We're just reading the whole goddamn book to <laughs> you.
1: When um, we were doing capital, we were just like overviewing
0: the chapter. Yeah. We would skip like that. a chunk. Of t- and then like, I think even on state like and rev, like we'd, chunk, pages. we'd yeah. skip a page or two.
1: That and hasn't then, happened in a while.
0: And then, yeah, no, that's not... And especially... And that's uh, that's where the preface to this episode comes in. Because this is not going to be one episode. Uh, no. This will be... F- uh, at, we don't know how many episodes at the start of this. I have... We're, we're going into this with, with a marathon session... Um, because we're covering what is chapter one quote unquote of state or not state, oppression of the earth and
1: that is on violence and I, this is a I have a 46 fluid ounce container of juice to get me through this
0: I have at least four Michelob ultra infused something or another yes. that were laying around in my refrigerator yes um this is gonna be a long one <laughs> um that being said you will not be listening to it in four hour stretches because we're gonna try and cut these roughly on an hour and up. yeah which um, we've done before which we've done before, but this one is uh done before in this book. In how. the it, Well, yeah, we did it with Sartre, we didn't we didn't know we were going to, but that was for a 30 page text. Uh, this yeah. is 72 goddamn consecutive <laughs> pages. Someone needed to get Sar- or someone needed to get Fanon an editor. Um but but he had a revolution to be fighting, so we had bigger things to fight. But this is also a weird book because I think it might be the first work we've ever done where the first chapter is widely considered by far the most important. Um, on Violence is the crux of this entire book. This yeah. this first chapter is basically the thing that everyone remembers about Wretched of the Earth, and it's the thing that has carried forth the most weight. So uh, uh, this is one where, uh, spoiler alert... I don't think we're going to not read any... There's not going to be words skipped. There's, like, one chunk in the middle where there's, like, a weird Cesare play that he's talking about. But even, Oh, yeah. And that's kind of bad, and I think he just did it because he really loves Cesare, and I get it. Um, So that may get cut, like, in an episode or two. But for the most part, this is just going to be the unabridged reading of On Violence with us interjecting to try and make it readable. Yeah, I've been trying to skip like tiny chunks where I can, but there's not much. There's really, really not much. And again, there's not much fat to cut. The other thing I realized and I've been thinking of the more long we did this is I don't know if it's my right to get to decide what. Fanon's words were and weren't. Which of Fanon's words were and weren't meant to be said? Yeah. Um, especially now that you know, with 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 capital, it's kind of obvious in certain chunks. And and honestly, we're just trying to get everyone up to speed on that one. But but with this one, this is a work on decolonization. And just because I don't think a, a passage may be important doesn't mean it's not important. And so I'm going to err on the side of read everything.
1: So yeah, even when we get to the the uh, incredibly phallic part, we're probably going to run through that.
0: Oh, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through yeah. it. Um, the other thing, and with We've said it at, during the uh during the Sartre intro. Um I'm not going to be using hard ends, um soft no. ends, any kind of ends they're not no. gonna use. Big slur, we will insert um you'll... Yeah,
1: I think I, I think we were saying we were gonna use like big N, little N, and then just slur. Slur. I, it... I, I think it might be better just to say black <laughs> and then slur, that's that's probably a lot easier system. Probably
0: works, you'll probably get it. But you'll, yeah. You'll know what we're you'll, you'll all know what we're saying, but it's yeah, just not our place. That's, to jump that's in there. not our
1: word, no. And uh, hopefully, something to to keep in mind with this chapter two, we were advised. And uh, so, me and Nathan, in our, our large gap of time off, both skim through uh, black skins, uh, white masks ourselves. Obviously, we want to share as much as we can with you. So, yeah. we're going to try to do some kind of collaboration episode some point, maybe in the middle of or after this chapter. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. we'll squeeze it in right before we release this, but I doubt there's time. I doubt there's time.
0: And honestly, it's going to be, I think what we're going to end up doing is we'll kind of work it in a little bit as we go. But, um, spoiler alert, potential, uh, may need to, <laughs> may, may may eat my own words later. It looks like, uh, based on a collaboration with some of our uh, comrades over at Bands of Turtle Island, our next work, because it fits in very well, this is a work on general decolonization, but it was obviously... Uh, themed more towards Africa and more specifically towards Algeria. Um, It has overall tones that everyone everyone can take away from, but we wanted... I, I really wanted to do something that was... Because we have not hit anything that is indigenous to North America, to our particular situation mm-hmm. that we live in. And thankfully, the Bands of Turtle Island gang uh, gave us some really good recommendations, yeah. one of which happens to be Red Skin White Masks, uh, a book that won the Fanon Prize uh, specifically. So I think that's going to be a really good way to get, um, get the content of Black mm-hmm. Skin White Masks in, but also feature another work and definitely a work that I don't think is widely, widely read amongst Marxist-Leninists in general. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll see if we can give a collaboration with, uh, someone who does, uh, psychology that we had talked about.
0: We will. I will drag my sister-in-law in and, and force her to, to explain psychology to me, um, at some point, or I will drag, um, uh, Vo- I think Vox Libra off of the, uh, uh, Linen Book Club Discord. If yeah. I can, if I can force him to to come on. Um, but that one, I I, I can I can fit forcibly tie my uh, sister in law up and drag her in <laughs> here against her will. I can't uh, I can't go find him and make him do that. Yeah. So if he wants to, I please please. I'm begging you. Um, but if not, but at the very least
1: we're gonna be doing Redskins White Mass.
0: At the very least we're doing Redskins White Mass, which'll cover. it. yeah.
1: and at the very least we strongly recommend Bands of Turtle island for for everybody.
0: Uh, that's not a recommendation. If you're listening to this and you're not listening to Bands of turtle Island, you're you're I go. stop. Pause yeah. this, We'll wait. <laughs> Are you back? Yeah. Okay, good, good. And and just to be honest, listen to all of the U, uh, the USSP podcast. All the proles people over there are doing such, I mean, fucking fantastic mm. work. All of the, the sub-podcasts. Tolerant Left in particular. Holy fuck. High five out uh, to, I think it's Talia and uh, Comrade Jess, I think, are the two that are doing that one. Um, if I had to remember. Hey, you're um, asking
1: me to remember names.
0: I know, I know. But Talia, I know, is local to... Uh, to St. Louis, oh, yeah, so, yeah. so we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. I gonna say, I, I and she just quit, D- and mean, she just quit DSA, so yeah. Woo! Uh, moving on, we're we're getting places, people. So uh, yeah, so we're like one step closer to you know maybe inviting her out to the cave and we'll have a party.
1: Yes. Um, but now, but now, for the reason we're all here, on violence, on violence, <clears throat> concerning violence, huh? It's concerning violence in my edit.
0: Oh, it's on violence in mine. Oh, and I think in every modern tra- translation, it's on violence. Okay, cool. So anyway, Um, on violence, national liberation, national reawakening, restoration of the nation to the people or Commonwealth, whatever the name used, whatever the latest expression, decolonization is always a violent event. At whatever level we study it, individual encounters, a change of name for a sports club, the guest list at a cocktail party, members of a police force or the board of directors of a state or private bank. Decolonization is quite simply the substitution of one species of mankind by another. The substitution is unconditional, absolute, total, and seamless. We could go on to portray the rise of a new nation, the establishment of a new state, its diplomatic relations, and its economic and political orientation, but instead we have decided to describe the kind of tabula rasa from which the outset defines any decolonization. What is singularly important is that it starts from the very first days with the basic claims of the colonized. In actual fact, proof of success lies in a social fabric that has been changed inside out. This or for oh no, this change is extra, <laughs> is extraordinarily important because it is desired, clamored for, and demanded The need for this change exists in a raw, repressed, and reckless state in the lives and consciousness of the colonized men and women. but the eventuality of such a change is also experienced as a terrifying future in the consciousness of another species of men and women the co- the collins the colonizers in my Yeah, it says C-O-L-O-N-S, like italicized, comma, the colonists.
1: Oh yeah, no. I've just got colonizers. But, Me and Nathan so are we, back to different edits for the yes, first Yes,
0: which I, I owe, which I'm actually very okay with because I think <laughs> it's important to see what people change.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, this was like every word but no meaning. You know, I mean, yeah. I saw like the minimum demands of the colonized, yeah. and being chained from the bottom up. But all the meanings were the same. But the colonizer simplifies that. And there's something that you'll notice um, that's emphasized in both our edits that you'll see in a lot of Fanon. Uh, it's something I noticed a lot in Black Skin White Mask. Is he'll talk about colonizers and colonized as a completely different species of people and he always yes. put he always puts it in quotes yes and it's it's a very real it's a stark dig directly at white supremacy i mean mm-hmm. there's there's one thing that you know fanon is not afraid of and we talked about even sartre not being afraid of with some of the quips he he did was uh, being crude getting right nope. to the point and digging right in there right so
0: they both—they'll uh, be blunt. They both knew
1: who they were speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, the coloni—for
0: Fanon the colonized—he doesn't. He doesn't need to gu- gussy this up. He doesn't need yeah. to. There, there's no need. There's no. They know their situation. They know better than anyone what's going on. The the people that need this slapped across their face over and over until they bleed and get what's going on are the colonizers because mm-hmm. they just don't want to hear it. And I think it was especially worse when Sartre said. I think Sartre's preface uh, really scared them. I think that's that gave this, but not to say not to take a thing away from Fanon, but when when Sartre, the, the foo-foo intellectual of the day, says, "Hey guys, here's the thing they're they're going to they're going to get what they deserve." Either get on the right side of history or get out of the fucking way. Um, I think that's what kind of puts some puts some fear in some people on that side. But yeah. But again, Fanad is is not afraid of being very, and he goes right again. The he goes right at that bullshit scientific racism that comes up every uh, different skulls. You know, the stuff he was fighting against were scientists coming out and saying, well black people use less of their cerebellum than white people, so obviously they just can't
1: be of the same... Yeah. Like, it's the... They're trying to say it on some... And again, I think it still hangs around to a certain extent. Oh, sure. We think of it as, like, archaic or grotesque or something. But then we'll turn around and we'll talk about an entire country being brainwashed by their leader and, yeah. and you know, everything always leading to a monarchy uh, Even when they're fighting for their liberation. You know, when you hear people talk about, uh, like, these, you know, the tribes and the the Sunni and the Shi have been fighting since the dawn of time. All these things that like Edward Said defined very well as Orientalism. Oh, yeah. It's it's the exact same kind. It might as well be phrenology. Yeah. And yet it's how people define when they look at China, when they look at the DPRK, when, DPRK, when they look at anything in the Middle East or North Africa. Yep. You know, people always, always define that. People even look at the South America and they go, oh, there's there's no racism there. There's no race. It's like... These were the same kind of white supremacist colonies as we had in the United States. Why, why do you think their history is radically different? Because they speak Spanish? Yeah, like it's, it's nuts.
0: And it's again, it's it's we're gonna go we're gonna go large chunks of this as we go. But again, it's it's whew, guys, this one mm-hmm. this one's this one's good, but it is, and I think it's also supposed to be. I think that's it's hard. It's very. I'm in a very weird position as a white person reading this book. Just to get that out in 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 there, Um, because this book was not written for me. No, Um, it wasn't written for me. It it wasn't written to me. It it has me. It has no. In no instance is it is it something I should have to uh, was supposed to engage with. Um, But it it, and it's supposed to make. If you're doing it right, I think it should make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's uncomfortable (laughs) so i'm I'm doing my i'm gonna do my damnedest here to to do this justice as i go and that's why we're not going to cut any of the text but i i I don't there are going to be points where i'm just not going to have words for to articulate what the fuck he's trying to say because i don't it's not my lived experience i can't talk to it Mm -hmm. um so moving on decolonization which sets out to change the order of the world is clearly an agenda for total disorder but it cannot be accomplished by the wave of a magic wand, a natural cataclysm or a gentleman's agreement. Decolonization. We know is a historical process. In other words, it can only be understood. It can only find its significance and become self coherent in so far as we can discern the history making movement, which gives it form and substance. Uh, uh, Materialist Marxists. That's, mm-hmm. that's our set. That's our, that's our sentence right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one, that's the one where he tells us what team he's on. Um, because the other thing I'm going to find is that as we go on here is there are there are parts where he is, I don't know how I don't know how I would classify Fanon, I, mm-hmm. in, in the in the Marxist Marxist Leninist Marxist Leninist Maoist Marxist Leninist whatever I don't and I don't think there's a need to classify him I don't th- no. I think that's an arbitrary you know yardstick or whatever but I don't know what te- I don't know. I don't know if he's anything but himself. I don't. I really don't. I he don't doesn't know. like
1: the Cold War in general.
0: He doesn't it's... like the Cold War. He doesn't like colonization. But mm-hmm. he, his his methods of decolonization that we're going to get to on this mm-hmm. chapter, especially, um, very much are not Leninist by any stretch of the imagination. There is yeah. no vanguard. There is no. There's nothing. Of there, there's not really any any significant portion of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I think that's interesting. I think that'll be interesting to talk about the differences between. How his material? Because again, this is very much written about his lived experience during the Algerian Revolution. So obviously, the material conditions there would have been different to necessitate the kind of work he's doing here.
1: Yeah, and and something, and we'll get into this as we get to those parts of the chapter. Uh, since I, I mentioned he doesn't like the Cold War, you'll see kind of this this um, almost a di- he won't call it dialectic because he doesn't. No, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't jive with that. Yeah, he doesn't. Di- but it, it, he'll come up with this essentially dialectic. Um, idea of the USSR juxtaposed to Africa, because early on, he'll, you know, he even talking to Khrushchev at the time, because of the timing of this, yes. you know, will rail against the capitalist enemies of ours, and, and you're like, okay, he's definitely in the USSR's team, yeah. and then later on, he'll talk about being colonized, you know, by by United States and it not being any better if the USSR comes over and, and does it, and it's like, so, I mean, that's that's a dialectic that... I think those of us who the book wasn't written for, you know, like like me and Nathan, the white dudes here, should understand that th- that's the role, you know, that Fanon F- is really speaking to is, is us, or are we going to play that role, you know, where we need to be on their side. We need to rail against yes. these enemies. But we need to realize that even doing that that we can also still become an enemy and we need to yes. have, like, you know, the humility not to fall into that trap. Well, and it comes back to, I think that's, and I think that's where you can pull
0: in some Lenin, and, and there's some revolutionary defeatism that you almost have to have. Mm-hmm. You especially, if you live in America now and you don't support revolutionary defeatism, get the fuck out. Like, no, like, absolutely <laughs> not. There yeah. is no, revolutionary defeatism absolutely has to be your stance in this country as, a, as the global superpower right now. Yeah. Like, if you're not watching the trade war shit and going, woo, go President Zhao, woo, go, get it. Get it, President G! You got this! Yeah. Um, you're doing it wrong.
1: R- play play for the team that's going to get us where we want to go. Um, so... Decolonization is the meeting of two forces opposed to each other by their very nature, which in fact owe their originality to the sort of substantification which results from and is nourished by the situation in the colonies. So basically, again, you know, back to the, he doesn't buy into the dialectic stuff, but he kind of spews out dialectics uh, on accident, you know, is the colonized and the colonizer? That's a very dialectical relationship, right? They're diametrically opposed and yet they owe their existence to each other there's no such thing as a colonized without a colonizer and there's no such thing as a colonizer without the colonized yep and that noise
0: you just heard was me dropping my copy of the book on the ground because David read his copy and it included words that I've heard before and the copy that I just tried (laughs) to read before that had like 18 syllable made up bullshit so I'm going back to the one that was obviously written by the Marxist who fucking understood how to fucking talk to people and not this bougie ass bullshit that I apparently paid $8 for in the anarchist bookstore I see you anarchists. I see you
1: fucking coming at me with this nonsense. God. Their first encounter was marked by violence and their existence together, that is to say the exploitation of the native by the settler, was carried on by dint of a great array of bayonets and cannons. The settler and the native are old acquaintances. In fact, the settler is right when he speaks of knowing them well. For it is the settler who has brought the native into existence and who perpetuates his existence. The settler owes the fact of its very existence that is say, his property to the colonial system. Decolonization never
0: takes place unnoticed, for it it influences individuals and modifies them fundamentally. It transforms spectators crushed with this incessant inessentiality into privileged actors with a grandiose glare of history's floodlights upon them. Why do I get the hard one? <laughs> it brings a natural rhythm into existence introduced by new men and with it a new language and a new humanity. Decolonization is the veritable creation of new men, but this creation owes nothing of its legitimacy to any supernatural power. The thing which has been colonized becomes man during the same process by which it
1: frees itself. And keep an ear out for that rhythm. Uh, we're either going to revisit it later in this chapter, I can't remember, it, or it's in black skins, White Masks, uh, but Fanon very much sees rhythm as a pathway to humanity for the colonized we're not, we're not talking about like like beats right we're not talking about like sick beats right no I mean rhythm is a stand in for culture okay for revitalizing culture I mean he means rhythm like the drum beats and the music and stuff but he's he, it's a stand in for culture okay that's yeah. important I important thing to point yeah, out it's important thing to point, point, point. Thing yeah. To point out yeah but rhythm is a, is a stand-in for culture just like uh he'll just basically use penises for standing for all sexuality eventually
0: yeah and we'll get there yeah we'll get
1: there you uh, can tell
0: that part troubled me a lot preemptive preemptive critique fanon ain't that good with
1: the sexism <laughs> but you know <laughs> he's working on it yeah So we're going to continue. In decolonization, there is therefore the need of a complete calling in question of the colonial situation. If we wish to describe it precisely, we might find it in the well-known words, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Decolonization is the putting into practice of this sentence. That is why if we try to describe it, all decolonization is successful. The naked truth of decolonization evokes for us the searing bullets and blood-stained
0: knives which emanate from it. For if the last shall be first, this will only come to pass after a murderous and decisive struggle between the two protagonists. That affirmed intention to place the last at the head of things and to make them climb at a pace too quickly, some say, the well-known steps which characterize an unorganized society can only triumph if we use all means to turn the scale, including, of course that of violence and here if you were uh in a eighth grade writing class would be the uh the intro you've, you've, <laughs> you've planted the seed for your audience that's uh, right what you're about to talk about and that is and again this is i i, I don't want to dumb this down because everyone listening knows what we're doing here but that's what makes this work controversial for everybody who's not a fucking marxist or a leftist of any strength um essentially we're about to describe why violence is perfectly, perfectly reasonable as a means of decolonization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and we've talked about this before, right? I mean, at some point, it's it, there's a Lenin quote I believe like if they would have freed us without any violence we would have been happy to or, to have our emancipation that way but we we had to turn to violence is the only option they gave us right yes. and uh, Fanon very much is thinking in that exact same yeah. vein uh, and something that when you see all this hoopla on this oh my god and you know pearl the, clutching and whatnot yeah the pearl clutching that's the word I can think pearl clutching uh, the pearl clutching comes down to the fact that there's essentially a list of ingredients for capitalism and it's very Colonial and white supremacist centric, okay. And if your death, your suffering is one of the gre- ingredients, oh well, it's baked in. Yep, that's fine, okay. But if it's decolonizing, that's not one of the ingredients. You're fucking up the cake. Yep. Like what? What are we doing here? Get stop, stop. You know. And that's yeah. that's what they do. But the fact of the matter is, it's it's no worse. In fact, it's often less violence than uh, what was going mm-hmm. on. What was baked in. But even if it's more. It's what's just. It's yeah. the only way to set things radically correct, and it's not the colonized fault. That's the only option left. But Fanon's blunt about it, and this is the only pathway you gave us.
0: And this is the difference, I think, between you know there are there are pithy pithy quotes up to this point to try and mm-hmm. explain. Well, yes, we're going to resort to violent, you know, violent means or what we're going to use to take our our freedom back. But what Fanon's going to do here is very much in the Marx sense. He's don't forget, he's a scientist. Yeah, he is absolutely a a. A, a, per, a man of science and he is going to do this scientifically he is going to show why it cannot be a, another way mm-hmm. um and why this is the only route that essentially is going to work again material conditions dictate a lot of this different times different methods are going to get employed I, I am not saying that the method fanon describes in wretched of the earth is exactly how we should bl- blueprint a revolution and let's say 2019 America, because I I think that would be
1: kind of... This this isn't a a color by numbers where you pick, you know, what country to fill in between the lines, right? I mean, the situations are going to differ. But if anything, this should give a very, very, very stark...
0: Anytime anyone tries to critique revolutionary movements of the past... Uh, decolonization movements of the past as being too violent or too, oh they should have done it the right way this work is what's going to this is the magnum opus of describing why a, no they were absolutely took the means the only means they had to liberate yeah like I mean themselves. something
1: we, we mentioned in the intro when we were doing Sartre that that you should think of when you're reading this work and obviously that was the one uh, decolonial revolution in the global south before this work and the rest of have essentially largely come after this not all but 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 many yes uh, but the, the original one that the whole reason we had a civil war in this country and had slavery emancipated was because of Haiti. Yeah. And so when you think, you know, people think about Dessaline, you know, and oh, how could he do that and kill all the white? It's like, well, they... They, three times had been emancipated, yeah. and they let the whites live. And three times the whites recolonized and didn't just recolonize them. Blood- Bloodly bloody recolonization, bloody recolonization, and enslaved them. And yeah. the the conditions of that slavery were beyond grotesque. Yeah. You know, and, and he is coming
0: off seeing again his his immediate template as we talked about again in the mm-hmm. intro uh, is is Algerian revolution. Well, no French Indochina. He oh, is, okay. that's what's informed. That's what shows him what the most recent example he can look to is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stop calling it French Indochina because I fucking hate I hate that I'm gonna call it Vietnam, yeah. um, Vietnam Lao, Vietnam Lao, uh, Cam- Cambodia I think Cambodia is in there. Uh, I don't like calling it French Indochina. Yeah. Um, but that revolution had worked. Dien Bien Phu was a a marked point where a colonized people in one fell swoop in one battle ousted a colonizing force and liberated themselves. And everybody was looking for how do we make that happen in our country? How that this is our model? How do we mm-hmm. do that? And
1: Fanon just gave you a very, very articulate explanation for how you do that. Mm -hmm. So Fanon continues, you do not turn any society, however primitive it may be, upside down with such a program if you have not decided from the very beginning, that is to say from the actual formulation of the program, to overcome all the obstacles that you will come across in so doing. The native who decides to put the program into practice and to become its moving force is ready for violence at all times. From birth it is clear to him that this narrow world strewn with prohibitions can only be called into question by absolute violence. The colonial world is divided into compartments. It is
0: probably unnecessary to recall the existence of native quarters and European quarters, of schools for natives and schools for Europeans in the same way we need not recall apartheid in South Africa. Yet if we examine closely this system of compartments, we will at least be able to reveal the lines of force it implies. This approach to the colonial world is ordering and its geographical layout will allow us to mark out lines on which a decolonized society will be reorganized.
1: (laughs) The colonial world is a world cut in two. The dividing line, the frontiers, are shown by barracks and police stations. In the colonies, it is the policeman and the soldier who are the official, instituted go-betweens, the spokesperson of the settler and his rule of oppression. In capitalist society, the educational system, whether lay or clerical, the structure of the moral reflexes handed down from father to son, the exemplary honesty of workers who are given the medal after 50 years of good and loyal service, and the affection which springs from the harmonious relationship and good behavior, all of these aesthetic expressions of respect for the established order serve to create around the exploited person an atmosphere of submission and of inhibition which lightens the task of policing considerably. In the capitalist countries, a multitude of moral teachers, counselors, and bewilderers separate the exploited from those in power. In the colonial countries, on the contrary, the policeman and the soldier, by their immediate presence and their frequent and direct action, maintain contact with the native and advise him by means of rifle butts and napo palm not to budge. It is obvious here that the agents of the government speak the language of pure force. The, inter- the intermediary does not lighten the impression, nor seek to hide the domination. He shows them up and puts them into practice with a clear conscience of an upholder of the peace. Yet he is the bringer of violence to the home and to the mind of the native."
0: yeah so again that is in a, in a and again it's blunt in a capitalist yeah. country your 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 police and your military and your PC you have all of these things because they're not oppressing you you're not colonized you're not you're not you're not seeing any end of the oppression you're just kind of seeing them for the the hyperbole that
1: they are and yeah the, so so you are you are exploited you are oppressed very much in a very real way and we've Gone through Marx and Lenin and all these things, you know, not to be shy about that. But you're in this world where you're kind of buffered away. Like the police aren't coming after you and pointing guns at you all the time, and, mm-hmm. and the soldiers aren't roaming through the streets and and bombing houses and, and killing children. Not to say that police don't bomb people in the United States, you know, with the the Move, Move 9 and, and things like that. But those but, are
0: obviously except those are much those are those are those are exceptional because of their rarity in a country.
1: Right. You know? I mean you can get excited over a flyover if you're a null or Unquote apolitical and and an enforcer of this, uh, uh, you know, colony because you see a flyover and you don't think, oh, those planes are going to fucking kill me. You go, woo, they made a loud noise, you know. You have your teachers telling you who the heroes are and they're pointing to the police and the soldiers. And of course, you know, the astronauts and they'll, they'll, Point at the like the Nobel Prize winners and look at all these great things we have because of these great freedoms we have and they're they're building it up and the colonies they're playing about it. There's not all these layers of hiding it and dressing it up and telling you how good it actually is and then only sicking the dogs on you when you step a little too far out of line. They sick the dogs on you just for being there yep. all the time.
0: Yep, you are you're you are constantly buffeted. At least and again, this is Fanon's direct experience with mm-hmm. living in both Martinique and in Algeria. This is this is the direct everyday life in the colonies mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, it, and if you don't think that changes the equation of what is and is not a, a valid means of, of expressing yourself uh, we, we have a problem at the baseline. But yes, there, that yeah. is definitely and, a different life that
1: you are living. And don't think we've escaped this even within the borders of the United States. Oh, I mean, there's a, reason, oh, no. there's a reason ICE terrorizes immigrant families and they're thrown into concentration camps. There's a reason there's these reservations. These weren't, you know, I mean, peace treaties are ever going to be carried out fully. This was meant to just rob the, the natives more and more. And these reservations have... You know, terrible, terrible experiences with policing. There's a reason there's segregation so they can put together the poor black communities and essentially sick the cops on them all the time. And then they just call them, like, high crime areas or yeah. dangerous places mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. I mean, over-policing,
0: this, this absolutely happens within America. There are and, – and I don't know who – maybe be phenomenal, I mean th- – th- th- you have to think of America as as a series of sub-colonies to a certain extent. Yeah, because it is. There are col- there are different there are areas where it is where it is. You know, we are colonizers. I would say where we live right now, we colonizers, pretty yeah. well colonized. Um, but but if you go into if you get into even fifty miles away, uh, uh Ferguson area, North County, Central St. Mm-hmm. Louis. You can absolutely feel the distinction there. You can absolutely feel mm-hmm. the the colonized presence and and the fact that there are two distinct forces at work, and you're not, you know, and, and that they have different interests, and one group is definitely getting oppressed. Yeah, and
1: this is exactly why we talk about, you know, fascism doesn't come crawling out necessarily i mean somewhat they all come out of the ruling class to some degree mm-hmm. um but not out of the ruling class the liberalism they've got their their institutions they're fine appealing to that they they create the racism and and just you know let it let it be let it do its thing fascism comes out in a lot of these suburban areas, and a lot of the the upper management's, and the the you know the doctors, and the the stockbrokers, and the small business owners, and all that stuff.
0: Oh, it's small business owners. Oh, it's always small business owners.
1: Big time. Every small business owner, because they feel that exact <laughs> distinction that that Nathan just described, and they're protecting their distinction. You know they don't. They don't want to disintegrate into the violent, poor areas that they've created to to make their their life better. They're above yep. those people. Don't yep. don't drag me down to some kind of North City or or they'll they'll say other grotesque. Like I don't make my schools a war zone. Like yeah. if you're that that you know crude about what a war zone is, why are you clapping for soldiers to go yeah. over and make people's lives war zones? Like have some the fucking most fucking realization of what's going on here. The most blatant. Ex- the most blatant
0: obvious just stupid racist part of it was when they were trying to expand metrolink out to st charles Mm -hmm. uh metrolink is our shitty shitty very bad very underdeveloped very underfunded very very not good uh public transit that st louis is supposed to have um that is functionally useless because of how obvious uh little attention they ever paid to it Mm -hmm. um that being said at a point it was gonna be useful because they uh they were talking about expanding it out into the suburbs Mm -hmm. where you could actually use it as a means of commuting from the suburbs into the city for work and you wouldn't have to drive as much. It would have been what actual fucking public transportation was supposed to be.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the white folks lost their goddamn, damn minds. Oh yeah. Oh, they lost their goddamn minds. Because there were people that literally thought that it was just going to be a whole bunch of young black men coming into their town, stealing their TV and then riding the metro league back just holding their TV in their hands. Just sitting there like it was no big deal. <laughs> this is what they fucking thought was going to happen. They were fucking talking about it openly. Yeah. And 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 I'm very angry about this. And uh, I would be angry about this in real life cuz this is how I talk. And if you think otherwise, fuck you four star review man. <laughs> You know who you are. This is exactly how I talk in real life. There is
1: zero distinction. (sighs) The zone where the natives live is not complementary to the zone inhabited by the settlers. The two zones are opposed, but not in the service of a higher unity. Obedient to the rules of pure Aristotelian logic, they both follow the principle of reciprocal exclusivity. No consolation is possible for the two terms one is superfluous. The Settler's Town is a strongly built town, all made of stone and steel. It is brightly, brightly lit town, the streets are covered with asphalt, and the garbage can, sw- can swallow all the leavings, unseen, unknown, and hardly thought about. The Settler's Feet are never visible, except perhaps in the sea, but there you would never close... You're never close enough to see them. His feet are protected by strong shoes, although the streets of his town are clean, and even with no holes or stones, the Settler's Town is a well-fed town, an easygoing town, its belly is always full of good things. The Settler's Town is a town of white people, of foreigners. The town belonging to the
0: colonized people, or at least the native town, the Little End Village, the Medina, the Reservation, is a place of ill fame. Peopled by men of evil repute. They are born there. It matters little where or how. They die there. It matters not where nor how. It is a world without spaciousness. Men live there on top of each other, and their huts are built one on top of the other. The native town is a hungry town, starved of bread, of meat, of shoes, of coal, of light. The native town is a crouching village, a town on its knees, a town wallowing in the mire. It is a town of big N and dirty mm, Arabs. Uh, I, I don't think I can skip that one. Uh, yeah, the no. look that the native turns on the settler's town is a look of lust, a look of envy. It expresses his dreams of, po- of possession, all manner of possession, to sit at the settler's table, to sleep in the settler's bed with his wife, if possible. The colonized man is an envious man, and this the settler knows very well. When their glances meet, he ascertains bitterly, always on the defensive, they want to take our place. It is true. For there is no native who does not dream at least once a day of setting himself up in the settler's place. This is very much, I think, of, uh, uh, the Fred Hampton, uh, because I always have to bring up Fred Hampton on this fucking podcast. I'm I'm not, I was about to say, I'm sorry. I'm not fucking sorry. Fred Hampton's amazing. Um, but when he talks about, uh, when they're talking about the education program, that, that four minute video that just keeps on giving, um, and they talk about it's why education is so important because if you don't have education, you're gonna even if you have a successful revolution, you're just gonna have a bunch of people to want and they're they're gonna want things, but they're not gonna know why they want them, and they're not mm. gonna know why it's important to 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 have distinctions. You're just gonna have a a, a underclass rise up, become the ruling class, and then we're gonna have uh, I think small n word uh, col- or capitalists, and then small n word.
1: Imperialists. Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, I I think that's exactly how Fanon would put it. Uh, Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) The world is divided into compartments. This world cut in two is inhabited by two different species. The originality of the colonial context is that economic reality, inequality, and the immense difference of ways of life never come to massy human realities. When you examine at close quarters a colonial context, it is evident that what parcels out of the world is to begin with the fact of belonging or not. Belonging to a given race, a given species, Species. In the colonies, the economic substructure is also a superstructure. The cause is the consequence. You are rich because you are white. You are white because you are rich. This is why Marxist analysis should always be slightly stretched every time we have to do with the colonial problem.
0: And that's important because, again, we're talking about this is Fanon building upon Marx in his particular material conditions. Yeah, yeah. Because this was a situation, we've talked about it. Colonization was a situation that Marx really didn't fully, imperialism at the very least, Marx yeah. was not able to to fully realize. No. He was not able to see it. He couldn't have theorized about it because it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, Lenin came close. Um, Lenin definitely talked about it in imperialism, yeah. um, and Lenin knew what was going on here. But but Fanon, I think, is sticking strictly to Marx at this point, and I think his proximity to Lenin probably makes that so. I think it, it, Marx still remains the preeminent kind of one you base off of, yeah. Um, just for his own his own necessity, everything up to and including the very nature of pre-capitalist society, so well explained by Marx, must here be thought out again. The serf is in essence different from the knight, but a reference to divine right is necessary to legitimize their statutory difference. In the colonies, the foreigner coming from another country imposed his rule by means of guns and machines. In defiance of his successful transplantation, in spite of his appropriation, the settler still remains a foreigner. It is neither the act of owning factories, nor estates, nor a bank balance which distinguishes the governing classes. The governing race is first and foremost those who come from elsewhere, those who are unlike the original inhabitants. The others, and that's that's it. that was his fundamental mm-hmm. distinction with Marxism. Is is his Marx said that everything was class, everything, everything, everything was class conflict, um, and and that essentially in into- all societies would would evolve in that way. And, and Fanon is going no, 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 no in the colonies, it does not matter what class a person is of. If he is of the foreign, if he is of the co- colonizing class, mm-hmm. it does not matter what class he's in. He's always going to be higher than the highest colonized class. And that comp- that is a fundamental tweak on Marxist analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important to know that's why he's tweaking it, is that's, yeah. that's where he's doing it. Um, and this is something that's interesting because you would think, I would have thought, I'm kind of, in, I'm kind of, Confuses how Marx wouldn't have noticed that to a certain degree, um, because absolutely you had like the the conquest of of North America had been well underway in his time. The, oh, sure. The mestizos and the 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 whole Conquistador thing where you obviously set up a dual-class syst- dual system, a dual-racial system where racial superiority trumped everything. Well, he was aware of everything.
1: it talking about, like, you know, civil war and needing to, you know, break the, the black chains for the workers to be emancipated. Yeah. Um, I think Marx just didn't really fully understand it from that perspective.
0: Well, and I guess that's to a point. I think that's why you you need fun. Why Fanon had to write this book. Lenin can't write this book. Marx can't write this book. Neither of them had that lived it. Fanon had to write this book. Mm -hmm. Um, But that that is interesting. And that is, again, that's another reason that Everyone – we're not – we don't hold on to Marxism in all instances at all times because Marx said it. We hold on to the parts that are right. This is obviously a part where someone else came around and had a much more coherent and well-thought-out mm-hmm. idea for a particular situation, and we're going to go with that in that situation because he's
1: going to prove himself right pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but that that's important. That's very, very, very important. Absolutely. The violence which has ruled over the ordering of the colonial world, which has ceaselessly drummed up the rhythm of the destruction of the native social forms and broken up without reserve the systems of reference of the economy, the customs of dress and the external life, that same violence will be claimed and taken over by the native at the moment when, deciding to embody history in his own person, he surges into the forbidden quarters to wreck all... To wreck the colonial world is henceforward a mental picture of action which is very clear, very easy to understand, and which may be assumed by each one of the individuals which constitute the colonized people. To break up the colonial world does not mean that afterward the frontiers have been abolished. Lines of communication will be set up between the two zones. The destruction of the colonial world is no more and no less than than that the abolition of one zone, its burial in the depths of the earth, or its expulsion from the country.
0: There is no... And then we'll play nice with the foreigners. Yeah. Everyone's leaving. You're all
1: leaving. You don't belong here. This isn't years ago.
0: The, The natives' challenge to the colonial world is not a rational confrontation of points of view. It is not a treatise on the universal, but the untidy affirmation of an original idea propounded as an absolute. The colonial world is a Manchian world it is not enough for the settler to delimit physically. That is to say, with the help of the army and the police force, the place of the native. As if to show the totalitarian character of colonial exploitation, the settler paints the native as the sort of quintessence of evil. Native society is not simply described as society lacking in values. It is not enough for the colonists to affirm that those values have disappeared from or still better, never existed in the colonial world. The native is declared insensible to ethics. He represents not only the absolute of values, but also the negation of values. He is, let us dare to admit, the enemy of values, and in this sense, he is the absolute evil. He is the corrosive element destroying all that comes near him. He is the deforming element disfiguring all that has to do with beauty or morality. He is the depository of maleficent powers, the unconscious and irretrievable instrument of blind forces. Monsieur Meyer could thus state seriously in the French National Assembly that the Republic must not be prostituted by allowing the Algerian people to become part of it. All values, in fact, are irrevocably poisoned and diseased as soon as they are allowed in contact with the colonized race. The customs of the colonized people, their traditions, their myths, above all their myths, are the very sign of that poverty of spirit and of, that co- of their constitutional depravity. That is why we must put the DDT, which destroys parasites, the bearers of disease, on the same level as the Christian religion, which wages war on embryonic heresies and instincts and on evil as yet unborn. The recession of yellow fever and the advance of evangelization form part of the same balance sheet, but the triumphant communiques from the missions are in fact a source of information concerning the implementation of foreigners' influence in the core of the colonized people. I speak of the Christian religion, and no one need be astonished. The church in the colonies is the white people's church, the (laughs) foreigner's church. She does not call the native to God's ways, but to the ways of the white man, of the master, of the oppressor. And as we know, in this matter,
1: many are called, but few chosen. Now, that just... That is is central, central, central to a lot of what Fanon went on. I mean, there's a few things you should almost roll through hearing that. The whole thing is centrally about the Christian church, about its colonization, um, and you can talk to, you know, indigenous people, people in in different colonies all over the world about, you know, what Christian missions have done, the erasures of culture, obviously heresy, things like that.
0: Story time real quick. Apologies. But this is too... all right, so I, Nathan, uh, w- w- went to went to Catholic church a couple weeks ago. <laughs>
1: okay, um, I, I don't even do that anymore. Uh
0: huh. And 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 God bless you, um, <laughs> n- uh, just but but I had
1: to, and it was on Missionary Day. Oh God! And oh, oh yes, God. baby. Oh did yes. They, baby. Did they tell you the 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 mud pie and the kid? The kid crying because nope. it was his brother's turn to eat story because nope. they always go Nope, to didn't go to that one. Nope, nope, nope. Almost better. As soon as you hear those the second time you smell bullshit and they come back with them every year. Yeah, no,
0: this one this one was interesting. No, but uh, funnily enough, I've been to church two times now in the last couple of months um, because I kind of have to obligatory go like once a couple. Uh, it's just bullshit. Yeah. Um, but uh, the first time was the day after uh, St. Louis uh, Archdiocese had released a list of uh, known and convicted pedophiles. And oh, so no. every single priest was required to skip their homily and in fe- instead discuss that. So the first time I show up, I'm staring over like, Mm-hmm, glad we're here, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And then the next time was Missionary Day. And, oh. oh, it was it was fun because it was an Indian missionary, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Indian subcontinent India missionary, mm-hmm. um, Talking about uh, their order and how they go over to, I believe, I want to say, I want to say Zimbabwe? Am I wrong? Does Zimbabwe still exist? Zimbabwe still exists. I know Zimbabwe. I know maps. Okay. They were in Africa. They're, they're, they're set yeah. up as a mission in Africa. And he was asking, one, he was telling this grand story about how desperately the natives really, really, really want. And he this is his words, not mine. The natives really want it. Catholicism. Oh, they really wanted. So mass is their favorite. Easter is their favorite day of the year. They all come and they all sit under the tree and they had a four-hour mass and everyone loved it. Um, and he said that with a straight fucking face. Um, but then he wanted to talk about how we needed to give. We needed to give, guys. It was time to get kind of get pocketbooks out. We got to give. Mm -hmm. now why do we have to give well we have to give to support the mission okay so what are you doing with the the only things he said that we need to give to support the mission are because we need to give because a lot of the missionaries over there get malaria and so we have to give to make sure the missionaries can get treatment for the malaria let alone the people that actually fucking live there no 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 no. worry about the poor missionary man over there and then two um, a lot of the missionaries over there um, just don't have a high standard of living um, so we really need to make sure that they can afford to take this time to go proselytize um, and, and really give to the people, so it's important that we give, so that the missionaries get treatment and so that the missionaries can live, um, because God forbid, you don't—they live without air conditioning. Yeah, did you know that they don't have air conditioning when they're over there on their missions?
1: It's a it's a sad sad That's time. That's even more craven than what I'm used to hearing. When I've when I've been there to missionary days and they happen a lot. I've spent way too many years of my life in those churches and hearing those random. I'm days. new to this, so it still hurts. They're the worst. They're the they're the like hour long homily. Little normally it's an hour long mass homily, included homily's like ten minutes. It was awful, but uh, but they would tell this story and first. they would tell is and this does happen sometimes but it's not something like they witness or that happens often as they say or people would just die you can't digest this but he would say like you know the kids would eat the mud pies all the time uh because of uh the the fear of the feeling of hunger right and it's really tug your heartstring stuff yeah and uh and then they would bring up this thing and and of course they were saying like you know we're the ones that give them food never mind that Never mind that we're destroying their lands and cultures. Meanwhile, and if we expropriated the Catholic Church of all its wealth, we could feed like
0: all of Africa. Right, I'm pretty right, sure, right. pretty without even trying. Right,
1: but you have to write out uh, your pocketbooks because of these these uh, uh, poor kids, and of course, you know, gold plated every fucking every fucking thing in the church. Yeah. In the church. Uh, but anyway. Um, but then they would tell the story of this kid and they tell it every god name year and the first time you're like oh that's crushing and the second time you're like didn't I hear this last year about another place from another guy and then you hear it again you're like okay this is just bullshit bullshit and it happens every year is the kids are, are waiting in line to be handed their, their food their bread that they're given and a kid hungry would come up and he'd hand them the bread and the kid would be crying like why are you crying today's my brother's turn to eat <laughs> it's like fuck you <laughs> I fucking hate... Right, God, damn it. Yeah.
0: God damn it, move, 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 okay. move. Okay. No, hey, it's, right. it's my turn to read, that's right. No, yeah. no, no, it's your turn to hey, read. You just read
1: the giant paragraph. I just paragraph. read the giant paragraph, please God. But anyway, again, the giant paragraph is pertaining to religion, but you should also hear things in it. Like, you talk about the the, the native will destroy values by his very existence, and he's dangerous. And and you should hear that, and you should be thinking, like, Trump. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Our, our Western values, and then then yeah. they're they're going to destroy the or democracy. You know, we have to give them democracy or you know, you, Judeo Christian values. Judeo, oh yeah, that's it's right. It's very Judeo- important
0: to get the Judeo Christian values because <laughs> the third part of the Abrahamic religions apparently gain no claim to yes. basic ethics.
1: Yes, uh, but of course, you know, another one of those values we have to protect democracy, and you you hear that stuff, uh, and then the other thing is is corruption. You're always worried about the corruption of, of the, the third world leaders and all. There's never United States corruption. There's never, you know, European corruption, but you're worried about the corruption that well... feeds in we
0: conceded that, that Silvio Berlusconi was corruption. We, okay. we, it only it took a bunch of bunga bunga parties and literally like eight convicted times he spent in jail. But we finally admitted one guy in Europe might be able to be corrupt <laughs> one time. And I'm pretty sure he's back to being president or something like yeah. that because nothing. If you guys want the model for why Trump's gonna have like nine terms, Google Silvio Berlusconi.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So, God, moving on, please. At times, this manichism goes into its logical conclusion and dehumanizes the native, or to speak plainly, it turns him into an animal. Yeah. In fact, the terms the settler uses when he mentions the native are zoological terms. Savage. He's, he's, yeah, savage. He speaks of the yellow man's reptilian motions, of the stink of the native quarter, the breathing swarms, the foulishness of spawn, of gesticulations... Um, you know, I mean, well, you can think of, you see, actually, it, you talk about the animal terms and it immediately makes me think of the horribly racist, was it Clinton that said, like, bring them to heel? Oh, just, I
0: don't, be, I, I, I don't doubt it, but. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, so, ah, Mongol, mongrel hor you know, the hordes of unwashed, just, oh. Yeah. Ah,
1: yeah. Ah, uh, when the settler seeks to describe the native fully in exact terms, he constantly refers to the bestiary. The, uh, the European rarely hits on pi- uh, picturesque style, but the native, who knows what is in the mind of the settler, guesses at once what he is thinking of. <laughs> Again, he recognizes the, the, the dog whistles. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the
0: native recognizes... The, the person you're dog whistling knows when they're being dog whistled
1: at. Yeah. Uh, the hordes of vital statistics, those hysterical masses, those faces bereft of all humanity, those disten- distended bodies, which are... Like nothing on earth, that mob without beginning or end, those children who seem to belong to nobody, that laziness stretched out in the sun, that vegetative rhythm of life. All of this forms a colonial vocabulary. Uh, General, Gen- General some- de Gaulle speaks of the yellow multitudes and Francois Moria of the black, brown, and yellow masses, which soon will be unleashed. Unleashed. The native knows all this and laughs to himself every time he spots an allusion to the animal world in the other's words. For he knows that he is not an mm. animal and is precisely at the moment he realizes his humanity that he begins to sharpen the weapons which with he- which which... With which he will secure his victory. Oh, we stumbled over the best line of the whole book we so far. We did stumble over the best line of the whole goddamn book. For
0: he knows he's not an animal, and that is precisely at the moment he realizes his humanity that he begins to sharpen the weapons, which he will which he will secure its victory.
1: With which he will secure
0: See, you stumbled the same part. It's a hard word. It's a hard little I can, image. Okay, I can see I'm going to take
1: another uh, another uh, paragraph now, just just because of that. Yeah, go for it. As soon as the native begins to pull his moorings and to cause anxiety to the settler, he is handed over to the well meaning souls who in cultural congresses point out to him the specificity of the wealth of Western values. And there it is the Western Western values. values. But every time Western values are mentioned, they produce in the native a sort of stiffening or muscular lockjaw. During the period of decolonization, the native's reason is appealed to. He is offered definite values. He is told frequently that decolonization need not mean regression, and that he must put his trust in qualities which are well-tried, solid, and highly esteemed. You have to trust our institutions that have have meted this out and studied this and and developed this. this. This... this
0: feels so on the nose mm-hmm. for indigenous Amer for for how mm-hmm. we treated every one of the indigenous Americans we basically said no 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 your ways are wrong so you need to come to the table and do it our way with negotiation and treaties and all of this and then broke every single every thing wanted them single every single time one. like treated them like less than human and kept going again I'm not bands of Turtle island the first episode first two episodes are out go listen to it they can speak to it much better than I can but goddamn the Indian termination acts are fucking abhorrent
1: Mm -hmm. and not talked enough nearly enough in this country. Mm -hmm. But it so happens that when the native hears a speech around western culture he pulls out his knife or at least he makes sure it is within reach. The violence with which I got it that time the (laughs) supremacy of white values is affirmed and the aggressiveness Uh, which has permeated the victory of these values over the ways of life and of thought of the native mean that, in revenge, the native laughs in mockery when Western values are mentioned in front of him. In the colonial context, the settler only ends his work of breaking the native when the latter admits loudly and intelligibly the supremacy of the white man's values. In the period of decolonization, the colonized masses mock these very values, insult them, and vomit them up. Yep.
0: This phenomenon is ordinarily masked because during the period of decolonization, certain colonized intellectuals have begun a dialogue with the bourgeoisie of the colonialist country. During this phase, the indigenous population is discerned only as an indistinct mass. The few native personalities whom the colonialist bourgeoisie have come to know here and there have not sufficient influence on the immediate discernment to give rise to nuance. On the other hand, the period during the period of liberation, the colonist bourgeoisie looks feverishly for contacts with the elite. And it is with these elite that the familiar dialogue concerning values is carried on. You have that, you have the native, the colonized man that, that, that gives into the the system and tries Mm -hmm. to, tries to, to to work his way in because he realizes that's his, that's the grift I'm going, that's his particular grift he's going to take. Um, I don't know if calling it a grift is a bad thing, but it is because you're giving in to the colonized ideology. Yeah, you're abandoning the people. You're abandoning. Yeah, you're abandoning the masses. You're abandoning what your home. You're abandoning your land and your way of life to say that the Bush- that these fucking yeah. colonizers are, are right and I should give in to them.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't say like bashing on, on these people is problematic unless you seem to bash exclusively on them and not all... You know, it'd be like bashing on Obama all the time and not also bashing on Bush and Clinton and Trump and that you kind say, of thing. Okay. Uh, but, you know... But they feel very much like fucking bootlickers of the colonized they, world. They, yeah, very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's I mean, very... And, and, and Yeah, I mean, they very much are. And you see this, again, with the Hong Kong protest. right? 70% of Hong Kong is wants to be part of China, is happy with China. But they go out and they get a little money to organize people up, some resources, and they get these, most of this 30% out in the streets beating the shit out of people and waving Union Jacks and American flags and stuff. Those fuckers are bootlickers. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when when they're colonized people and they're not fighting for themselves, oh, they're one big blob. Who cares? They're all subhuman, less than human. They can, they can try to work their way up and be rich and be like, that's all they want. But ha ha ha, those fools, they're below us when they're decolonizing and you need an in. You're going to your connection, you're going to the wealthy, the people you've you've motivated, you know, the people that anywhere from back in the old time, that the slave drivers that were black and still drove the whip yep. um, to now, you know, the leaders in, in a country, you know, the rich people from Venezuela who were running the capitalist society, the rich yep. people in Hong Kong who were happy to be colonized for their house servants. You know, you, you run into those people and you start building these connections, building it back up, and turn stuff back away it's not like like uh, the southern half of korea you know the republic of korea is what it's it goes by now i, I don't want to totally legitimize that because it's very much a u.s colony yeah right um i mean you have a state at best yeah puppet state at best right i mean at first it was even the, like what the u.s military cut co- colony of korea is what it was called for like two years and then became uh south korea republic of korea uh you know the leaders like Sigmund Rhee, Right, it's not like you sent an American out there to lead that. They put Ri in charge, and he was brutal and destructive to Koreans and did whatever America wants, you know. So yeah, I mean, they're gonna find their ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where were we? Uh, the colonialist bourgeoisie, when it realizes it's impossible to maintain its domination doo, 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 over the doo, 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 colonial doo. countries, decides to carry out mm-hmm. a rearguard action with regard to culture, values, techniques, and so on.
0: Now, what we must never forget is that the immense majority of colonized peoples is oblivious to these problems. Yeah, because you're trying to survive on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You're not looking at class, class, and stuff like that. Right. You don't have time for that. No. For a colonized people, the most essential value, because the most concrete is first and foremost, the land. The land which will bring them bread, and above all, dignity. But this dignity has nothing to do with the dignity of the human individual, for that human individual has never heard tell of it. All that the native has seen in his country is that they can freely arrest him, beat him, starve him, and no professor of ethics, no priest, has ever come to be beaten in his place, nor to share their bread with him. As far as the native is concerned, morality is very concrete. It is to silence. Violence the settlers' defiance, to break his flaunting violence in a word, to put him out of the picture the well-known principle that all men are equal will be illustrated in the colonies from the moment that the native claims that he is the equal of the settler. One step more and he is ready to fight to be more than the settler. In fact, he has already decided to eject him and to take his place as we see it. It is a whole material and moral universe which is breaking up. The intellectual, who for his part has followed the colonists with regard to the universal abstract, will fight in order that the settler and native may live together in peace in a new world. But the thing he does not not see precisely because he is permeated by colonialism and above all its ways of thinking is that the settler, from the moment that the colonial context disappears, has no longer any interest in remaining or in coexisting. It is not by chance that even before any negotiation between the Algerian and French governments has taken place, the European minority, which calls itself liberal, quote unquote, has already made its position clear. It demands nothing more nor less than twofold citizenship by setting themselves Part In an abstract manner, the liberals try to force the settler into taking a very concrete jump into the unknown. Let us admit it. The settler knows perfectly well that no phraseology can be a substitute for reality.
1: Mm -hmm. Thus, the native discovers that his life, his breath, his beating heart are the same as those of the settlers. He finds out that the settler's skin is not of any more value than a native skin. And must it be said that this discovery shakes the world in a very necessary manner? all the new revolutionary assurance of the native stems from it for if in fact my life is as much worth as the settlers his glance no longer shrivels me up nor freezes me and his voice no longer turns me into stone i am no longer on the tenter hooks of his presence in fact i don't give a damn for him not only does his presence no longer trouble me but i am already preparing such efficient ambushes for him that soon there will be no way out but that of flight and this is where this is one of those par- that's one of those paragraphs where <sighs>
0: I I I hate it cuz I can't I can't I can't have I, I don't have any way to understand that yeah that sentence that mentality I I don't know what it's like to be in the presence of a whole group of people where you are somehow lesser yeah um I mean I I I think I've been in situations where I could feel you know like I don't belong or that I I need I you know I I I'm, I'm being you know I'm in a lesser group you know maybe my class but never that level of, of no, literally just because of, of who I am, I have to be careful talking in this particular situation or living or be, just existing in this particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that again just highlights again, how much of this is is you're, if you're not in a colonized place, if you're not, if you're a white person in America, this is a struggle. And yeah. uh, as as it is a struggle, it's going to require uh, slightly more booze for me to continue with. So we're going to pause here, okay? Uh, and we're going to pick up next week with uh, with more of of Fanon, more of of concerning violence, on violence, whatever you want to call it. Um, in in the meantime. Bye.